podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Each episode, we will speak to a new guest, get to know them and hear their stories about Liverpool Football Club. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 2 of the Road End Podcast. Today I'm joined by Paul Moran. Paul is a football photographer and also the son of former Liverpool player, captain and coach, Ronnie Moran. First of all, mate, thanks for joining. How are you today? I'm fine, thanks, Tom. Nice to see you, mate. Nice to see you. Let's start with you. So you're currently scouring the country, from what I see on your Twitter, um, taking pictures of various football teams and clubs. How long have you been doing it? It's been about six, seven years now. It, it started, uh, my son was playing for Bootle. Uh, my nephew Ian was playing uh, for Bersco and the likes of that. So taking a small camera and just taking pictures of new grounds I went to just for the record of the new grounds. And then uh, Christmas, I think it was 2014, my missus bought us like a proper camera, if you like. And she said, why don't you have a go with this? So started taking a few more pictures and then it's developed now into, it's still a hobby because I'm not getting paid for it, but it's it's still, it's something I really enjoy doing now. I do pictures for Bootle as they're one of their official photographers. There's two lad, me and a lad called Will Griffiths. And on uh, I do lower bracks if Bootle aren't playing. They let me go pit side and that. And tonight I'm going to watch the AFC Liverpool. And they've got a photographer, Dave, so he does their pictures. But I'll go and just take some tonight. Uh, with the You don't need permission as such, but the club retweet them when I put them on and that. So obviously with Twitter and Facebook, I get quite a bit of coverage from the photos. And then on a Sunday, I watch the local league, the business houses league. I go there most Sundays and go from team to team take me pictures and they all seem to love them you know they all, they're all made up with them and a lot of the lads use them as the header pictures and stuff on Twitter and retweet them themselves so it's uh, it's worked out quite well for something that I never really used to have any interest then in up till about seven eight years ago what made you want to do it I don't know it was just I was taking pictures as I say of me lads where he was in games and then I started taking a few pictures like as a corner's coming in or as a you know a shot's getting it and I just started doing it. And then I got a good, like, decent feedback when you started putting them on. And it, I just started doing it from there. But I, I do really enjoy it now. Like, you know, it, it, it is something that occupies a lot of my time. And it, I enjoy doing it. And I enjoy the feedback I get most of the time. Sometimes you get people moaning at you than that. But most of the time, it's all right. Good. Let's start with the boot room. Shankly, Fagan, Bennett and Saunders. And obviously, your dad. Yeah, but it, everyone says Bugsy, uh, which was what was on when my dad unfortunately passed away. They did the mural on the cop, mm. which said Bugsy, but it's not a thing we bother about, but it was actually Bugs. Oh, really? It was actually Bugs, yeah, because Bill Shankly called him it because there was a gangster in 1930s Chicago called Bugs Moran. And obviously, my dad's surname, and Bill Shankly was interested in all that Al Capone and stuff like that. He called me dad Bugs. And that was the explanation for it, and it stuck with me dad. It was actually a side point. Bugs Moran's men were the men who were killed by Al Capone's men in the St. Valentine's Day massacre. It was Bugs Moran's men who got mown down in the shop or the warehouse, whatever it was. So, but I see it, it's literally from Shankly calling him Bugs, uh, which was the same name as a gangster in 1930s Chicago. So that's where it's from. He's known for getting the best out of players. I've seen various stories on previous generations. 
situations up until Jamie Carragher. Absolutely yeah. loved him from what I've seen. Get a lot of managers who are, or coaches that are on the touchline and they want to be known, they want to be this, they want to be that. And he just seems to sit back and observe. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, one of the things, I mean, I've said this before on stuff, it's, it's like in my dad's mind from talking to him, you know, we didn't really talk about stuff like this years ago, but if yeah. Liverpool are doing okay, winning stuff, challenging for trophies, they're going to keep me dad on. So he did what he thought was the best for the club. He certainly seems to have a knack of getting the best out of players, as you say. You know, there's a lot of players who say how my dad helped their careers. Uh, John Aldridge, a lot of them thought at the time he was getting on to them. And we, luckily enough, we always did well. Now, I know that's a bit of a simplistic way of saying it, but it, it, it basically boils down to that. It's like any job. If you yeah. do your job well, you keep your job. If you faff around and mess it up and that. I mean, obviously, my dad's relying on matches and what other players do and what other... He, he, he enjoyed doing it and he enjoyed seeing people progress. You know, it's even like you talk about people won't remember him, the older people will. John Gidman, who played for Man United, he was at Liverpool and it was my dad who converted him to right-back and he ended up playing for Everton and Man United at right-back. But my dad used to mention him now and again because he used to say the phrase like, he's, he's one of mine type of thing because he moved <laughs> people around and sometimes the move helped the careers, you know, I know that he's playing for Man United, Everton and that, but it was still something he'd look for to see how people were doing, who he dealt with as an apprentice or a youngster at Liverpool. So it was always something he enjoyed doing. Well, he's been there himself, hasn't he? I've seen he was an electrician. Yeah, he worked on the uh, docks. He used to always tell, tell me about the overhead railway. He used to get the railway from Seaforth right down to the other end of town, to Garston, or as far as it went. But he, he used to be working, I think it was Mersey Docks he worked for. So he got sent to whichever dock needed electrical work to him. But he, he he was I don't know if he was a qualified electrician, but he, he used <laughs> to do stuff he used to do stuff around the house. I never seen him like blow himself up or anything. So <laughs> he must have known what he was doing. He stopped doing it a while ago, but obviously he used to know what he was doing, type of thing with the electrics. And I'm sure you've got plenty of stories from your younger days, from being around and basically and being around a club. What stories stand out for you most? Well it's it's always the, the the little stories that you look back on now. That at the time I was going to sort of work with my dad. Now I didn't see him on match days or so. I started going the first team games when I was about 11, 12. And my dad went with the first team in 1974 when I was 12. So I started going to Anfield then. But we went with a friend and a neighbour who lived by us who took me to the games. I only saw my dad. He, as he come out the tunnel, he used to look up and wave. But that was the only match day first team interaction I had with him. Reserve games used to be great because I'd go in the dressing room and go in the dugout. Sundays I'd go in with him when he was doing treatments and he'd give me a ball and say, yeah, go on the pitch. And he'd just go on the pitch and kick the ball into the goal. So that was Sunday mornings at eight, eight, nine, ten years old. So, you know, and then he'd come out the tunnel and shout you when it was time to go. So you look back at it and you think, I wish wish we had mobile phones back then and that you could get all because there's no pictures or nothing. So you tell people, I mean, people believe you type of thing because of the connection you've got, but... You know, I'd be sitting in the treatment room with the uh, people getting treatment like Kevin Keegan, John Toshak, and you're just sitting there. You're not joining in the conversations, but you're around it all the time. It, 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 I still love football now. I'm going to a game two o'clock this afternoon at Marine, and there's one at Marine tonight at quarter to eight. So I'm, I'm doing two. I, I, I just enjoy going to football and enjoy being in and around it and knowing people who are playing. Non league players now, it's great. You have a little bit of interaction with them and a laugh, or even a laugh at them. You know, you get some pictures of them sometimes when they're doing something or falling over or 
I enjoy doing it. But I wish I had more stuff from going to all around the country with Liverpool in the 70s and 80s. Obviously, there's not really anything from that that I've got a memento of. As a as a football fan, then obviously you're a Liverpool fan. When you're growing up, what players was like like my little boy? If he sees a player now, he's like, <gasps> which player was the one for you? To be honest with you, the only one I like getting pictures with the players now and I see them, the former players, when we're out at any former players' parties or anything. And the only one I'm weary of approaching is Graeme Souness. There's not for any yeah. reason. It, it, I'm just, and you know, I know what people think of what he did with Liverpool and that, and there's, you know, a bit of a backlash to what he did in '92 and that. But mm. he's just, he's very, he's got an aura about him Souness. It's weird. Because there was a thing at Anfield a couple of years ago when Kenny was knighted and we were there. Stevie Gerrard was there because he come up for it and Gary McAllister, people like that, Terry Mack, Ronnie Whale and Jim Beglin, they're all there. And Souness was the only one. But I never asked him for a picture when he was there because Ian Callaghan was laughing. He said, why are you getting pictures with everyone he did in Missouri? I, said, I don't want to ask him. And he went, you coward. Like, I said, oh, no, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's a weird thing because he's always really complimentary about me dad as well. You know, he said... He realised once that my dad was the biggest influence on his career. You know, for someone who's played a playing career he had with Liverpool and Sampdoria and that, that's a nice thing to be mentioned for him to say my dad was a, the biggest influence on his career and how he played and that. Well, when he came back from Italy, he tried to change things too quick. When he comes to Liverpool, he tried to change things too fast and he's, he's acknowledged that and acknowledged a few other, you know, if you call them mistakes he made. But it's one of them things. He's, he's, he's the one now I'm a bit take a bit of a step back from none of the others the, the others are all people don't people are know i like to say friends but people you know type of thing like phil thompson yeah. and phil neil and people like that bruce grobble i never ever met the likes of sammy hippie or smicer or any of them i never met them or really ever spoke to them i get that impression though when i see soonest he just gives you that vibe doesn't he like he commands respect rather I, I think so i think yeah it's it's one of them things it's a it's a strange thing because i mean this was a Kenny's do he was at so there was no problem with approaching him and he was actually talking to me at one point because there was that sit that where I was sitting there was obviously Liverpool players by us so he was talking and he do including the conversation and then I was thinking to myself get a picture get a picture and then now just bottled it and never did it <laughs> that was the, that was actually that got a picture with Ray Clements that day which I'm always made up about obviously we've lost Clem now but yeah. I, I got I knew him from playing but I'm not seeing him for a long time and then he was it was that night with Kenny and uh I got a picture with him that night and uh, Terry Mack and that. So I like getting all the ones like that. Yeah. Heroes to many. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny, like, there's these people who work with me dad, but they are still heroes. You know, it's it's one of them things. You look back at it, I say reminiscing all the time, but you'd love to go back to it now and uh, enjoy, you'd probably enjoy it more. It's like winning the league, you know, nine years out of 13. At the time, we were winning the league and said, so, oh, we win it next year type of thing. And then, you had that 30-year break and you realise what you actually had. I'm 61 now. My dad went with the first team when I was 12 and he left when I was 36. So yeah. I had that 24 years of him with the fair. You know what we won, luckily, in that era. So it was a brilliant time to be knocking around. Probably looking back at it now, it's probably didn't enjoy it as much as you should have, possibly, type of thing. You know? I think everyone can say the same in recent yeah, years. Yeah, kind of things like, yeah, that's why when we won it, Couple of years ago, we made sure although it was in difficult circumstances, as it turned out, we still made sure we enjoyed the type of thing. You know, did what we could. There was things you missed, obviously, even seeing them get it at the ground. Yeah, it was missed out, but 
I mean, we might be winning another three in the next few weeks anyway. Like, so <laughs> I, don't know I don't know how that'll pan out, but I mean, I've been laughing at some of the tweets they've been putting like John Flanagan and Lucas Lever and people like that. Am, am, I a champ, am I a Premier League winner? And then people ripping into them, but they're obviously just putting it on for a bit of humour type of thing. But do you know what? I'm not bothered about anyone apart from Stevie. Like, that, that is, yeah. If he gets one, it just squashes everything, doesn't it? Like well, it, all it, these it wouldn't, would it? And... it wouldn't squash it because it gets twisted around. Yeah. It, but you'd still be able to say, yeah. It's like when people say you've never, you know, it was obviously you've never won the Premier League. Now we have. Now, well, you've only won it once. It doesn't matter. That was <laughs> the argument was we'd never won it, you know, and then we've won it once now, and that's all you've only won it once. So it always gets switched. It's like City. City have never won the Champions League or the European Cup. So whatever they're doing, it gets that gets fired back at them that you've never won the Champions League. There's no argument to it type of thing. No, they there's not. So they bottled it a few times as well. You know, they they've been the team that you think are going to win it coming the to the quarters in the semis and it was Real Madrid as well. Two one up in the last minute or whatever it was when he managed to whatever the score was when he let two late goals and got knocked out. You look back at it now and uh, as I say, with my dad, you know, my dad's been passed away six years ago next month and right. that that's mad. Going on stuff like this and the stuff I put on Twitter and what people do, various sites on Twitter, you know, on Facebook, put stuff on about me dad. I'm always getting asked about him. I like it all. Do I you? Wanna, uh, oh, yeah, I want people to remember me dad. I want him to be. I mean, someone asked me the other day, uh, how, how, how was he? I said, well, he, he thought he died five years ago. He said, there's so much stuff about him, you see. I thought he was still alive. But no, no. Memories live on. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I try and do with, you know, obviously talking about him on here now. I mean, he left Liverpool, what is it now, 98, 20, 25 years ago, he left. Anyone who's 30, that age group, anyone under 25, he's never been there while he's been there. Anyone, you know, 30, 35, the, the youngsters when he's left. Yeah. So, there's people who are 35, you know, they were 10 when he left. Like, you think, you, when you look at it like that, you, you know, like, you know, it's, it's a mad thing to think of that he's been left the club that long. What's the uh, what's the story with him? He's done the laps of Melwood, didn't he? Yeah, he used to, he used to like go. What he'd sign sort of if he like keep fit, mm-hmm. but he goes to Melwood two or three times a week, get the kit on and just walk around the perimeter. He didn't involve himself with the players. It would have been uh, Roy Hodgson would have still yeah twenty ten. He would have still been doing it then. Obviously, when Kenny come back, that was the problem. But he, he always asked permission. He never got involved. But I mean, there's a few nice stories from even when he was doing that. He'd do his laps. And one day, Sammy Lee was there. And Torres, Fernando Torres said, who's that old guy who walks around every day? And Sammy went and took him into the area of Melwood where all the old team pitches were. Let's say old. From the 70s and 80s. And he's pointing out where my dad was and when he played and that. And Torres, oh my God, I didn't, you know, didn't realise who he was. Brilliant. Didn't realise. I just thought he was someone, you know, walking around. And then he went over and Sammy took him over and he talks to my dad for a bit. Because my dad come home that day and he said, that Torres was talking to him. He's, he baffled me dad. He's like, I don't know what he was talking to us for. Like, you know, he doesn't know what, why he suddenly starts talking to him. Sammy explained what was happening. And the other one, uh, a bit of a more of an obscure play, but Yari Lippmann. And I know people say, when people signed for the club, I was supported them as a char- as a boy, you know, as a youngster. But mm. Lippmann in Finland did actually support Liverpool. He recognised me dad and he walked over to me dad and started talking to him. My dad, more or less, they didn't really know who it was. And then obviously someone says, it's Yari Lippmann and we just signed from, I think it was, was it Barcelona, we got him from our Ajax, whoever it was at the time. And my dad, Christ, he, he knows us like, and he went when he supported Liverpool when he was a youngster, so he recognised you. But my dad, it was a couple of times, he had the kit on from the year before, 
and he used to have to give him a new kit and he'd be made up because he'd come over to a brand new kit because he'd be walking around with like a Adidas on and we had Reebok stuff. So he used, <laughs> used to go and get it off and give him the new stuff. So he wasn't bothered. I've still got some of his stuff in, uh, up in the loft. There's one of his old kit bags in the loft with his training stuff in, which is safe up there, like out the way. But it's got it. Yeah. I think it's the green and black Adidas one that's in it. While we're talking about things then, so Mr. Liverpool, the book, how did this come about and what does it go through, basically? Well, it was... Uh, I was I was always wanting to do a book about my dad. You know, everyone there's still that phrase. Everyone's got like a book in them. And I always wanted to do one about my dad because I thought it'd be, you know, something that people would want to see. And I was actually we were with my dad at uh, doing the Hilton in Liverpool, organised by lads who played in the late late. I think it was the early nineties. Nick Tanner played centre half. A lad from uh, he's around Bristol way, but he's a decent lad. Nick and he he was up for this thing he was doing. I took me dad with Nick Astor's. I took me dad, and uh, a lad come up to us called Carl Clemente, who's from Yorkshire, but he lives over in Spain. And I, I think I'd spoke to him on Twitter, type of thing about football, Liverpool, whatever. And he said who he was, and then he's got this mate Arnie who lives in Helsinki, and they've done this Liverpool, uh, Liverpool FC net, which is what's got every Liverpool game on. Although, if you ever like who scored against us in 1972 or something, you can go and find out or who scored for us. And he come over, he said, Me and Arnie want to do a book about your dad. Would you would you mind and would you help us? Type of thing. I said, Oh, yeah, it'd be great. So it literally started from that. And then they'd send me emails with you know 10, 15 questions on, I'd answer all them, send them back to Carl, he'd write them up. Arnie had put them into this book form and then he sent me a chapter, you know, every two or three weeks, every month, whatever. You'd read it. And in the end he said, We've got enough we've got enough for a book here. I'm gonna get it sorted. And then he did it and we were talking about how to get it published and that. And Carl spoke to Liverpool and Liverpool took it on as an as an official publication. Wow. So that made a hell of a difference to us. We went through uh, I think it was Reach Sports who do the programme and that. Yeah. They sorted it and it just it just it didn't get taken out of our hands. But it just took on a life of its own. They took it away, read through it all, took a few little bits out. You weren't happy about one was about Stan Collymore, but that got took <laughs> out, and uh, it got published. Actually, at, at the launch party, we had the launch party in a Liverpool shop in Liverpool One mm. on my dad's birthday in 2017, which was the 28th of February. Uh, we launched the book then. Uh, Phil Neal was there. Alan Kennedy, Roy Evans, Jamie Carragher come. I think Tomo was there. There was, there was five former players there and Carragher was still sort of on the... I think he left by then in 2017, but he was still, obviously, in our eyes, a current player type. Of, and the book got launched and then, unfortunately, my old fella passed away three weeks later, but he was all right. When, he was in a home. He had dementia, mm. but he was in a home, but he was all right, if you know what I mean. He was yeah. living in the home. And then we, we were actually playing bear at Anfield and uh, we got a message saying... He's not well. He better come to the home. So we went and he went to the hospital and never come back out. But that was we just managed to get the book launched before that happened. There's pictures of my dad reading one of the early copies of the book. We took it to him at the home and he's reading it and looking at the pictures on it and that. So it just shot his career through Liverpool and then obviously his career on the coaching side of it. So it was quite well received at the time. You know, it's uh, it was quite a a bestseller type of thing by any means but they sold all the copies they printed anyway so I think that's, that's the, good isn't it that's the main thing type of thing so can that still be bought and if so where? I, it, it's still on Amazon 
Amazon. You can still get it on Amazon. Certainly, you can get the Kindle, mm. obviously, because that doesn't get printed. But I think there are still copies of the hardback. It, it, there was actually a paperback one that was done at the time that was sold in Ireland, and the hardback one was in England and with Amazon and that. So uh, obviously, we've got a couple of copies of each, but. There's one on the shelf behind me there, which is like, eh, my one's there. But unfortunately, my, my dad was at the time. He never ever got any of them signed. Yeah. There's, there's literally no signed copies that my dad, he because could, he, he couldn't, basically, he couldn't write his name, to be honest with you. It sounds terrible, but by the time the book was available, he's obviously in this care home and uh, wasn't in a position to do it. Great that he got to see bits of it, though. Oh, he did see there's a, there's a picture, uh, I think it's on my, it might be on my Twitter. It used to be on my Twitter. It's a picture of him reading the book. And it's still my header thing, you know, that you pin tweet, mine's still the book and the link to buy it type of thing that's been on for a few years now, but it's still there. Brilliant. We are now going to do a quick fire round with our guests. This could be very controversial. I'll do a quick fire round to finish, Paul. I'm yeah. doing this with every guest on the season, so a couple of questions, not much to think about, but... There's going to be a couple in there where you think, hmm. Yeah, so, Melwood or the Axa? Melwood. Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Berry Street or Anfield? Anfield. <laughs> Not far, yeah, Anfield. The Albert or the Arkles? The Albert. United or Everton? For what? For winning stuff or? Yeah. Any, United. Shankly or Klopp? Shank, well, Shankly. I've got, it's one of them. I'm stuck there, aren't I, a little bit? like. But... Of course. And beer or wine? Oh, beer. Lager, not even beer, just lager. We used to do a thing with Erdinger, uh, but then Klopp stole it and went on an advertising thing for there. I know he's German and that, didn't really steal it, but he was doing the face to the picture if we won with a big, the big glass of Erdinger with the, you know, the head on it. And then yeah. he did the adverts because people were putting on Twitter, he's stolen your thing there. So I don't even think he's stolen it, but no, there's a pub just opened up by our house now and they sell this Eichbaum, which I've never had before. This lager, Eichbaum, God, that's nice. Yeah. That's my favourite. I like Estrella, but I'm happy with this Ike Balm at the moment. I'll go with that at the moment. We'll do a face swap on um, the Klopp advert for yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I like the advert. The advert's funny. Like, it was a few years ago now, but I was, if we won, I'd always put a picture on with a celebratory pint of Erdinger. Then he suddenly, I don't, don't do it now, because I got the ump because he took it and got all the advertising money. And that's <laughs> Right. Let's call it a pod there, Paul. Um, yeah, no problem. Thanks very much for today, mate. I appreciate your time. Hopefully, we get more buyers on the book on Amazon as well because, you know, if anyone wants to hear all about Ronnie and all about the past in Liverpool, then I'm sure you'll enjoy the book. Um, yeah, well, I say people, just quickly, people always say about my dad with Shankly and that. My dad didn't go to the first team until Shankly left. Yeah. That, that he stepped up from reserves to the first team when Bill Shankly left. So he was never actually, other than he played under him, obviously, in the late 50s and early 60s, he played for him as left-back, but he never... See, it's even that. Some people don't know my dad played 379 games for the first team. Captain, eh? No, Yeah, captain, uh, club captain and that. So he had a good life, so he appreciates everything he did for us as well. Brilliant, mate. Thanks very much for sharing your stories as well. I appreciate that. No worries, Tom. Nice to meet you, mate. Nice to meet you. Speak to you soon, Paul. Yeah, cheers now. Bye. Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod. <laughs>